Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Here we are, the Holistic Parent Podcast, episode numero dos. <laughs> <laughs> What's the topic for today? Topic for today is, uh, what's, what did we call it again? Let me open up my window here. Hmm, where am I? We titled this one, uh, here we go, Cold and Flu Season Immune Boosting. There you go. Here we go. That's a big topic. It is a big topic. There's so much we can say about it. Yeah, especially important topic for parents to get a better understanding of. Parents ask me about this all the time because it's... Especially new parents with their first kiddo, those first few times the kiddo gets sick or you see a fever come out, uh, as a parent, that protective instinct comes on and you freak out. Freak out. Yeah. Scary. I remember my Aubrey's first fever and uh, as crunchy as I am, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And uh, I know what to do. Yeah. all this training and research and blah 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 and i even freaked out yeah. <laughs> it's different when it's your kid it's totally different yeah, it's, it's totally totally different, different. yeah totally different. yeah it's a it's a lot harder to be an objective doctor when it's your own yeah. child when when, when <laughs> litha my oldest who's 20 now her mm-hmm. first fever that she had i think she was about seven or eight months old she got a fever it was like late at night and i i remember I, this is you know before i had any of the acupuncture training and and uh uh I, I called the pediatrician and I got like his, his voicemail. Of course, it was like kind of after hours or not the voicemail, but the answering service. And I was like, they were like, he, he's, he's not, he's not available. I was like, wake him up. <laughs> like, like, I, like I unloaded on that person. I was like, available. I was like, he will call me back, <laughs> you know, and like kind of just really let that lady have it. And he called me back and he was like, he was like, just relax. You know, he's like first time parent. I'm sure it wasn't the first time they just had a first time parent completely freak out on himself. <laughs> So yeah, I've been there. I understand yes. where people are coming from. Yes, it can be it can be quite overwhelming. Yes. Why do fevers always? Why are they always the worst in the middle of the night? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, because it's because the doctors aren't available. That's why. Because <laughs> it's just that right. that level of convenience. You right. have nobody to call, and <laughs> the universe wants you to learn how to tough it out on your own. Yes, exactly. So, um, okay, there's a great article uh, by Dr. Sears. Um, who I love, who's a medical doctor mm-hmm. up in Orange County. Um, AskDrSears.com. Yeah, I like it too. And uh, yeah, it's a great article. It's called, um, if you just uh, look up Dr. Sears Child Fevers, um, How to Handle Fever in Baby, Toddler, and Older Child. So it's great because it goes through um, how to diagnose your child's fever um, because some thermometers are not as accurate as others. And depending on the baby's age, it can be important to get a more accurate reading. Um, so uh, the ear thermometers and the forehead thermometers seem to be pretty popular, but they are not quite as reliable mm-hmm. um, as like the rectal thermometers and stuff like that. So not popular. Not popular. <laughs> so the rectal thermometer says um, should only be used for newborns through three months of age, mm-hmm. since it's more crucial to, to get an accurate number on the scale. Um, so, but I remember seeing a uh, her name's Tatiana Obakanich. Mm-hmm. Mouthful of a last name, um, and she's an, Im- an immunologist, and she. Um, speaks all over the world, but I love how she describes fever. She talks about uh, it, the child's temperament and disposition is a lot more important than the number on the scale. Um, 
I would course, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Of course, always Just proceed with caution. Yeah. Um, but I like in this Dr. Sears article as well, um, they say when it comes to low-grade fevers, we'll go into a little, a little bit of that in a second. But it says, um, should I treat a low-grade fever? And the response is no. Low-grade fevers in toddlers and baby are helpful in fighting off infection. You should only treat a fever when it is making your child miserable. Treat your child, not the fever. Mm. And I think that is so good. Yeah. Treat the child, not the fever. Yeah. Because um, fevers have a purpose. Fevers have a purpose. Right. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing that people, we, 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 we don't understand that because we're bombarded daily with commercials from mm-hmm. over-the-counter medications that say, you got a fever, right. take this over-the-counter medication. Yeah. It's easy. Get rid of that thing, right. you know? But reality is that the fever is a, it's a defense mechanism by your body. It's actually letting you know that your immune system is working working. and that it's fighting off the pathogen that's going on. Yes. So in my opinion, you know, if you, if you treat the fever and you just, you, what you're doing is masking your body's natural ability to fight off whatever it's trying to fight off. And then that thing, that pathogen is staying in the body and can make you more sick over time. Yeah. So, um... We know that Tylenol, which is given to kids like candy, mm-hmm. um, is one, the number one cause of liver failure mm-hmm. in the United States. Not alcohol. Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's given so, so much. Um, and then it you know, lowers the fever, which can make the child more comfortable, yeah. but it can also prolong illness. Yeah. Um, so in this Dr. Sears article... There's a little infographic that says what temperature constitutes a fever. So I really like this. So normal temperature um, is 97 to 99 degrees. Um, I'll just read Fahrenheit. We don't need to do Celsius as well. You can look that up. Um, I'm sorry. If you're an Australian listening, you'll have to do a conversion <laughs> on bad. Google. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I do have a lot of family in Australia. I know They're you going to give me a lot of crap And in the UK. This. And in the UK. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, you're guys. In, you're in trouble, both Sorry, guys. guys. <laughs> um... Uh, okay, low-grade fever is 99 to 100.9 degrees. Common fever is 101 to 103.5. And a high fever is anything over 103.6. So I see a lot of um, a lot of patients who will intervene at the common fever range of 101 to 103.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see people who do it if it's a hundred, right? Even at you know, like 100 point one, 100.2, you know, right? And, and they're, you know, they're like, yeah. oh, it's higher than ninety eight point six, so we're gonna, right. we're gonna, we're gonna snuff do something, it, you yeah. Know? Which sometimes that's just teething. Yeah, the baby's just teething. There's lots of things that can cause a little so bit of agitation things. in the system and yeah. to raise the body heat. Yeah, and I think what we see a lot too is, um, which I noticed this when Aubrey had her first fever, is her temperature was fine. It was maybe a little high, maybe around ninety nine or so. And then um, in the middle of the night, she would wake up. Her temperature would spike mm-hmm. pretty high. I think mm-hmm. we got to like 103 or so. Then she would throw up yeah. and then fall back asleep and her temperature would drop again. Mm-hmm. But when's the time that most people take the temperature is when they're up and fussing and and yep. like that's when the temperature spikes. Yep. It's those in-between times that it might actually be lower. Yep. So I kind of see that a lot. And I, I think too. I think that's those are great numbers for people to know because... You know, reality is that kids can run a lot higher fevers than adults can. Yeah. If an adult had 103.5 yeah. fever, we would be a complete train wreck. Yeah. But kids can sometimes still be running around playing, almost acting like they're normal. Right. And they're carrying on with 103. 
their body just tends to spike higher fevers. And so that completely freaks us out because we're not used to seeing that in ourselves. And so then, you know, the parental instinct, I think, is to try to snuff that fever and, Mm -hmm. you know, give a fever reducer and and knock it down. Um, But again, like that article saying, like you're saying, you know, treat the kid. If the kid seems fine, if they're playing, if they're in a good yeah. mood, you know, then that fever serving a purpose. And in, Ch- right. in Chinese medicine, they, they say that if, if there's a fever, that the body's fighting a pathogen. And when there's fever, uh, the body is winning. So yeah. the body's winning that fight. If, there, if yes. chills come in, mm. you know, so you start like teeth are chattering and you're yeah. shaking and you're feeling like you got those chills, then, yeah. then the pathogen is starting to sort of get an upper mm-hmm. hand on things. And so then maybe it's time to try to intervene, and intervene. in yeah. those kinds of situations. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just understanding that the, the, the fever's serving a purpose, you know, right. and that the body's doing a good job of fighting off that pathogen. Right, right. Um, so uh, let's talk about, in this Dr. Sears article, it talks a little bit about getting through the night. So first thing is to decide if the fever warrants treatment. So decide if you're going to intervene based on child's dis- disposition, um, potentially based on the number on the thermometer. Um, so if you do decide to intervene with medication, um, I think most of our listeners will probably know this, but mm-hmm. you don't want to give your child aspirin. Yes. Any child under yeah. 12 should not have aspirin yeah. for risk of Rye syndrome. Yep. Very dangerous. Um, very dangerous. Uh, so the two options that they talk about are Tylenol or Motrin, mm-hmm. ibuprofen. Yep. Um, so... I always like to try and avoid those things if I can. Um, I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, I've never had to give either of my children either of those, which is great. Um, But we tend to use homeopathy first. Mm, That tends to be our first kind of go-to. Well, chiropractic, of course, um, and uh, and homeopathy. So um, when my kids get a fever, I usually get them adjusted Mm -hmm. um, because that's going to help regulate the immune system. Um, we and... should talk about, we should talk, pause for just a second if we're going to talk about chiropractic with kids. Yeah. Cause <clears throat> I mean, for, for, there's a lot of people out there who've had chiropractic themselves mm-hmm. and, um, and then they think, well, you know, kids can't possibly, you right. know, need what they need or right. people who are themselves a little leery of chiropractic, afraid of, you know, especially the neck adjustments right. terrify some people <laughs> like you're just going to rip their head clean off. Right. Um, you know, they, they get a little leery of that and then they think, you know, there's no way I'm going to let you do that to my right. kid kind of thing. That's so, a very good so I, I think it'd be good yeah. if you pause right okay. now and just like, let's talk about how is it different to get chiropractic for mm-hmm. a, a kiddo, you know, yeah. D- does it have to be those big adjustments, gotcha. you know, and, and what's a little different there? That's a great uh, topic to bring up. So, um, I always tell people adjusting kiddos is totally different than an adult. Um, a baby or a child their spine is not just a smaller version of an adult spine. It's totally different in its biomechanics, its anatomy, its function. Um, So anytime we adjust a kiddo, it's no more pressure than you would use to touch your eyeball or check the ripeness of a piece of fruit, something like that. Um, So a lot of what we do is cranial work and slow movements, and we have some instruments that can help adjust gently. Um, But I always tell people, if you're in San Diego come see me. Um, or if you are not in San Diego, um, or if you are, that's fine too, but go to someone who specializes in children and has been trained. Um, there's an amazing organization called the ICPA, the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association that, um, trains chiropractors in a very long, intense training program, um, of how to take care of babies and children, 
um, safely, effectively. Um, and um, so a lot of what we do is not those big adjustments on kiddos. We don't do a lot of cracks and pops. It depends on their age, um, their development, things like that. But there are so many ways we can adjust them without those uh, those big adjustments. Even adults, we can adjust without the big adjustments yeah. um, if we need to. So, um, but we know that the nervous system and the immune system are mirror images of each other. They respond, you know, uh, together. If one's down, the other's down. And your spine is what protects your nervous system. So if your uh, spine is out of alignment, there's no way that your brain and your body can communicate fully to each other. So we adjust the spine um, and that helps to boost your nervous system, which helps to boost your immune system and the organs of the body and digestive system and all that kind of stuff is all connected. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So that's our goal. It's good stuff. Yeah. For the kiddos, but yes. good. I'm glad yeah. that we got to explain that. Good. Thank you for that yeah. uh, that pause. <laughs> so um, where were we? Oh, so homeopathy. Mm-hmm. So what I usually do, get the kiddos adjusted, and then we start with homeopathic. So my uh, like go-to uh, fever homeopathic remedies are um, belladonna, Mm-hmm. and uh, chamomile. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my go-tos. And also Nux Vomica. So Belladonna, and I'm not a homeopath. This mm-hmm. is my like very basic uh, interpretations mm-hmm. and uh, use at home. And homeopathy, we should say, you know, if you're not familiar with it, it is, it is like an over-the-counter medication. It's mm-hmm. something that you can go... Um, I mean, Whole Foods is, is nationwide. Whole Foods will carry sort of, you know, a a large line of, uh, of homeopathics on there down here in Southern California. Sprouts will have it. Any Mm -hmm. Jimbo's, any of the more sort of naturally geared, uh, stores that have like a supplement section in them, uh, you're going to be able to find homeopathics Mm -hmm. in there and they are very safe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when they, when, when they work, when you get the right remedy, they do tend to work very fast. They're, they're, um, great for kids because they're usually sort of combined on almost like a little sugar pill. So it Mm -hmm. doesn't taste bad. The kids will take it easy. It just has to dissolve in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, Easy, easy stuff. Super easy. So the remedies you use. Yeah. So belladonna is a go-to. I really like that if they are fussy and have, um, an elevated temperature, um, chamomile, I really like just to keep them calm and relaxed. Um, so I use that quite a bit, uh, even if they are not sick. Sometimes I'll use that just to like help them sleep mm-hmm. if they had a, a really active day or something yep. like that. Um, and then nuts vomica is a good one if they are vomiting mm-hmm. or belly aches and stuff like that. Yep. So those are kind of my top three that I always have on hand. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we could yeah. we could do ten podcasts on homeopathy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally good. Yeah, it's a it's a its own little system of medicine that's mm-hmm. very in depth, and neither of us are right. homeopaths. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll get a guess that day. <laughs> right. Uh, but it is something we 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 use the homeopathics a lot in our family as well, and they what are they your are. Um, I I like all of those that you have. Um, if if it's more fluid, like the body aches, is it? Uh, I think it's gelsimium is the one oh, that's yes. sort of for the achy body. Mm-hmm. So you know when they're when they're in that range, and we've got like little homeopathic books around that yeah. uh, 
you know, you sort of go in and, and you go to, you know, say it's, it's flu, you go to flu and then, and then you look up, like you were talking about the different mm-hmm. sort of symptom sets that yeah. are in there. And so you're looking for that Match symptom them. set that matches best. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you try that one, you know, give uh, give a dose, repeat it and maybe 15 minutes, you know, for sometimes we'll repeat about 15, once every 15 minutes for about an hour yeah. and then start to stretch it out from there. Um, if we're not making headway, then sometimes then we switch. Yeah. If that one's not working, we'll try something different. You know, yeah. like I said, homeopathy is very safe. So, um, you know, that do no harm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's okay. And there's a lot of, you know, there's, I think we, we were talking about it. Boyron is one of the companies mm-hmm. uh, that makes the homeopathics. They have like an app and you can go in with different yeah. symptom sets and they'll, they'll lead you to the, uh, a remedy, remedy to try. Yeah. Um, but it can be very powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It can help. It can work wonders. So, I'm a big fan of, uh, of homeopathy. Um, okay, so that's a little bit on how to take care of a fever. Mm. Shall we talk fever prevention? Yeah. Or like cold and flu prevention? Yeah, cold. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. <laughs> the only other thing that I'd say with the fever, too, is yeah, that yeah. you can work with... Um, you know, ways to cool the body down. Uh, yeah. Like like my wife would do it a lot, like take the, the little ones into the shower with mm-hmm. her and then just let, um, like, don't dry them off. Like let that water evaporate because as the water yeah. evaporates off, it'll actually so pull cool. heat with it and it'll cool yeah. them down. That's so that's great. another way to yeah. sort of get a fast cool yeah. down, you know, sometimes with the kiddos. Yes. Um, and, and they would just sort of, you know, go in skin to skin yeah. with mom and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and come out much cooler and yeah. more relaxed and um so that sort of be the only other you know thing that i say and i'm i'm <clears throat> i am uh i have had to give my kids uh tylenol or, yeah. well not tylenol we we usually use motion my, my wife's allergic to uh acetaminophen so i've never even tested that on my kids because I, I don't want to wait to see if that's something that got passed on but we've yeah. used motion before and generally you know like 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 it says in that article treat treat the kid you know if the mm-hmm. kid's running around or the kid's in a good mood or just you know sleeping snoozing mm-hmm. i'll let that fever go that's no big deal um, but it's when they, they hit that level where they are like the, um, they're the drunk soldier and they just start to ramble <laughs> from that fever and they'll just yes. like, they're talking crazy and almost yeah. slurring their words. And <laughs> you're like, okay, now it's, it's, time it's probably, intervene. probably time to intervene, really knock this down, get them into a comfortable state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're, if they're miserable, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm not against it, uh, against doing it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my dad opinion. Right. Not my acupuncturist opinion, <laughs> right? So I, I want to say that. That's not coming from a medical place. That's coming from a parental place. Yeah. Um, and that's just how we've done it with our kids over the years. Yeah. 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 Nice. I like it. But prevention, like it. man, that's the magic right I there, know. isn't it? I mean, that's what we right? all want to do. We all exactly. want to prevent it. That's, that's the golden ticket right there. So um, I think we're, I mean, we're obviously both, both on the same page about like diet, um, being preventative with chiropractic and acupuncture yeah. which you can do on kids as well let's you take can. a little pause for that okay how do you do acupuncture on kids? so with acupuncture with kids i you know there are plenty of acupuncturists out there who will actually needle the little people i feel that i'm i'm pretty lucky i got to um i, I spent a couple years as an assistant for um uh, an acupuncturist alex tabiri who's uh, who's 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 passed on now um but he was an amazing 
pediatric, pediatric acupuncturist. Um, he would travel, I mean, all over the world teaching people how to treat kids. And um, the, the way that we always did it, kids at least under, under seven and like age seven, eight, mm-hmm. um, generally like, like pre-losing those baby teeth kind of age, yeah. you know? Uh, so we, we, we treat kids with, with what we call an e-stem machine or an electroacupuncture machine. And it uses um, what would be called a grounded hammer probe or, or a grounding probe. And so like it, it's a... Uh, you plug it into this machine and one side of it has just this like this chunk of metal that basically just has to touch the kid's body someplace and the other end of it has an area where sometimes they'll have like an area where you put like a q-tip into it or mine is large enough that uh, that we put a wet cotton ball into it and it's through that wet cotton ball that a little bit of electric electricity comes out so you just run this really low level current and it just has this tingly sensation we tell the kids it's called the tickle machine is what we call it and that sort of sort of um you know, takes the scare out of yeah. it, you know, out of this machine yeah. coming at them. So they call it the tickle machine and they yeah. feel that little tingle and, you know, the kids will start laughing from it and uh, uh, sort of makes it real safe. And with kids, you, you, you all you do is you just sort of touch to each point for about 10 seconds or mm-hmm. so. That acupuncture point. And, and that, that's it. So we just sort of move through this progression of yeah. the points. Kids aren't so locked in their terrible habitual patterns the way that adults are <laughs> right, you know right. we get ourselves locked in 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 a big mess and so with adults you know i'd rather put a ne- put the, the the needles into the points and then and then let the adult kind of hang out Relax. for 30 minutes 40 minutes and sort of yeah. let it really sort of process through the system kids really don't need that like we mm-hmm. just sort of have to go individually so like that they respond fast yeah. very quick um, and so with acupuncture, that's how, that's how we, we treat the kids in a very, it's a very non-scary way. And there's, mm-hmm. there's lots of folks out there at this point in my career, I've trained lots of other acupuncturists who've come see me, brought their kids to me that I've taught them how to do it. Those of us who were taught, Alex was the, um, uh, he, he was a big teacher at the, the school that I went to the Pacific college of Oriental medicine. So mm-hmm. he's taught hundreds, mm-hmm. if not you know, thousands of acupuncturists had to do there. So there are yeah. many, many acupuncturists out there throughout the U.S. who who do this method, this non-needle method. There's another type of, of method, too, that's um, called Shoni Shin, mm-hmm. which uh, comes from, a, um, I think it's more of a, a Japanese tradition, but it's these, these little, all these, like, weird-shaped little tools, and there's lots of sort of scraping and mm-hmm. tapping on points. But again, it's yeah. very safe. Very and gentle. very easy, very gentle, yeah. you know, something that the kids, it's not, you know, like, boom, it's I'm going to poke scary. you with a needle kind of thing. Isn't one of your, I guess it's called a probe, it almost, yeah. look, it's like the shape of a ballpoint pen. Like it's a, that kind of. Tip, Some of them do, do right? kind of have that, but maybe okay. a little more rounded on the Shoney okay. Shin tools. Yeah. There's nothing that's really like as pokey, pointy. Yeah, there's nothing right. sharp that's on yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so these are different ways that lots of different acupuncturists out there will use to mm-hmm. treat kiddos yeah. on the, on that physical level. And then we also treat them herbally as well. So yeah. I, 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 I personally use, there's a good company. Um, they, they originally out of Boulder, they recently moved up to Portland called blue poppy and they have mm-hmm. a whole line of really nice pediatric formulas that they put in that are tinctures, but not alcohol tinctures. Oh, that's you know, cool. and so they put yeah. them in a glycerin base. So yeah. it, with the glycerin has sort of like a syrup taste to it, yes. you know. So kids never really. I've had maybe in like you know 14 years of practice, I've had like two kids who've ever <laughs> like the parents have come back and been like they won't take it. They say it tastes yeah. terrible. You know, most kids are like asking for it. They're right. like, can I have that? Right. Because that because it sort of has that kind of more of a sweet syrupy mm-hmm. taste. So it's no problem getting them to take a more natural yeah. kind of herbal formula like yeah. that. 
Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go into uh, cold and flu prevention. Prevention. Let's talk about it. So the, I feel like the first thing we have to talk about is food. Food. Yeah. Food. It's like yeah. the basis of all of it. Yeah. You want to so, you, you want to keep your immune system yeah. up, keep out the processed food, keep, keep out the heavy sugars, keep it, clean. keep it clean. Which I know is so much easier to say than do. But I always <laughs> I always think it's so funny when heavy parents meals are, are like easy. Right. Right? They're so easy. I always think it's I mean it's not funny. I don't want to laugh at people, but it's interesting, I'll say, when um, people are like, "Well, my kid will only eat mac and cheese." Well, who's buying the mac and cheese? Yeah. You are. Yeah. So don't buy it. Yeah, don't buy it. You know, or if they really like some sort of treat like that, try and make a healthier version yourself. Yeah. You know, maybe you can uh, go for some gluten-free noodles and yeah. some, yeah. you know, maybe healthier cheese, something the, like that. Try the cauliflower mac and cheese, yeah. which is all the rage. All the rage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, avoiding... Um, sugar and processed food. I yeah. mean, that's going to be step number one. Yeah. Um, making sure kids are super hydrated, yeah. which uh, my kids really only drink water. Yeah. Um, sometimes they have a little coconut water yeah. treat yeah. or um, coconut milk treat. Yeah. We sometimes. should probably talk about juice. Yeah. Which a I lot of parents. Say that. A lot of parents sort of feel like they're doing the healthy maneuver with right. juice, but really juice is nothing but sugar. Sugar. It really is nothing but sugar. Because in fruit, when you when you eat fruit, that sugar is sort of controlled by the fiber that's in the right. actual fruit. But when right. we have juice, you've stripped out the fiber. The one thing the that prevents out. that that juice from going straight into the system. You know, a lot of a lot of like type one diabetics, if they need to get their blood sugar up fast. Yeah. We use orange juice, yeah, because they know that that fruit juice will absorb. boom snap it right into yes. right right up, you know. Yes. So you're doing the same thing yeah. if you're giving that to the kiddos. And I know we feel like, oh, it's fruit, it's natural, right. this is going to be great, but right. you've been snowed, people. Right. It's it's not it's <laughs> not, not good. So you don't want to do juice. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my kids eat a ton of fruit, a ton mm. of fruit, but I am not of the mindset that like, I mean, not all sugar is the same. So fruit sugar is different, especially if if it's in the fruit form. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's juiced, it's gonna your body's gonna spike that sugar so much faster. So um, if you if you are someone who gives your kid a lot of juice, you could slowly uh, shift that process by watering it down. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe go to I like a 50 a fifty and then a yeah. seventy five water twenty five juice, yeah. and slowly phase out the juice because. Um, it is not fun. I know anytime we go to a birthday party and there's juice, I'm like, oh God, here we go. We're going to have a psycho three nature later tonight. <laughs> Cracked <laughs> we better out. go to a playground and yeah. burn all that energy. Um, yeah. So, you know, avoid that sugar as much as you can. Um, and then there are supplements that I think are, uh, super helpful that are fairly easy to give kiddos. Um, I think vitamin D is one of the biggest ones. Mm, huge. Huge, right? So much research on that, too. So much research. So many people are so deficient mm. in vitamin D, even if you live near the sun. Um, most of us are not in the sun enough yeah. to absorb enough vitamin D. Or showing enough skin. Showing, I was just going to say, you're not yeah. naked. Yeah. You're not naked out in the sun. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of you are. Yeah. We have black Maybe beach some. Here. Yeah, black beach. There you go. Down yeah. there. <laughs> But I know uh, 
yeah, most of us are not hanging out down there. Yeah. So um, it's medicinal. <laughs> it serves a purpose. Um, okay, so vitamin D I think is huge. Uh, a couple key things about vitamin D: it is a fat soluble vitamin, which means you will get better absorption mm. if you take it with food that has fat in it. So if you um, have fat in your stomach, mm. your stomach will recognize that. It'll tell your gallbladder to squirt out some bile, and bile is what breaks it down and makes it able to absorb into your body. If your stomach is empty, you're not going to get that. You're literally flushing your vitamin D down the toilet. So I think that's super important. Make sure you take it with food that has fat in it. If your kiddo wants, you know, is kind of a juice drinker, you could even, you could take fruit... Mm-hmm. And then make more of a smoothie with it, which yeah. will keep the, the the fiber with it. Yes. But then you could add something right. like coconut oil into right. that, or and then avocado. then you, they, or some avocado. Yeah. Then you've got your fat in there yeah. to have them take the vitamin D yeah. with that, and so you know um, that would be like a better That's fix. A idea. Yeah. Yeah. I have a liquid vitamin D that I sell at my office that I really love, mm-hmm. um, and so it's super easy for the kids to take, and it tastes like nothing. It's just got like an oily taste. Okay. Yeah. So you can put it into a smoothie or if they'll let you just put it in, you know, drop it in their mouth. Yeah. Um, so that's a great one that mm-hmm. I think is very, very powerful. Um, the recommended dosage um, for vitamin D, in my opinion, from my research, is 1,000 IUs per 25 pounds of body weight. Mm. So if someone's 150 pounds, they should take 6,000 uh, IUs a day. Um if it's a child and they are 25 pounds, 1,000 a day, something like that. Do you, do you recommend if they get sick to take more? Some people recommend yes. taking more if they get sick. Yes, you... and if their labs are really low. Okay, yeah. So sometimes I suggest going up to like 10,000 I use a day, <clears throat> yeah. sometimes even more. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about the labs is that you're not considered uh, low in vitamin D mm-hmm. unless it's like 30 or below or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think that is way too low. Way too low. And the recommended daily allowance by... You know, the FDA is like enough to not get, uh, is it rickets? Yeah, I think it was rickets. rickets. I was, that's what I was just thinking yeah. too. I think it's rickets. <laughs> like yeah. here's enough not to get a yeah, disease. To get a pirate disease, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you know? Who has rickets If anymore? you don't have a pirate disease, you're healthy. <laughs> you're good. Go on your way, matey. Yeah. Um, Arg. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So ideally, I think uh, vitamin D on your labs should be... At least 60, if not 70 or above. Yeah. Nowadays, the supplements, I mean, there's lots of vitamin D supplements that are mm-hmm. 10,000 units in one right. pill, 25,000 units right. in one pill. There's a, a company yeah. I just saw 50,000 units in one Damn. pill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, was re- I was reading their bottle. It says, don't take more than one in a week. I was like, wow. I've never seen that before. Right? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so vitamin D is one of those um, supplements that it accumulates in your body. So you can take a week's worth in, a, in at one time, yeah. which is great for busy moms. Who's, yeah. Like for me, I forget stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, forgot vitamin I'll D yesterday. yesterday's Just double up too. today. Yeah. Exactly. So you can do that. I do think that more regular um, ingestion of it is better than like a weekly or monthly dosage. Um, but you can catch up if you miss, which is super helpful. Yeah. Um, so I love that about vitamin D. And the... the um, Oh, I already said that about the drops. The, oh, the drops in the the one that I saw at the office, one drop is a thousand I use. Yeah. So it's like that such a easy. small amount. It makes yeah. it so easy. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so the other uh, thing I love for immune boosting is colloidal silver. Mm. So good. That's popular with the chiropractors. Right? What's the deal with that? I don't that? think I've ever met a chiropractor that doesn't have colloidal silver on hand in their office. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So funny. Just don't take it. It will turn you blue if you It'll take too much. It'll turn you blue if you there's take a, too there's much. There's like a Smurf man who's yes. out there. He took way too much in his life. Yeah. He was taking like an ounce blue. a day. Yeah, it was crazy like amount. That. Crazy. crazy. It was insane. Yeah, insane. Most people aren't that crazy. But if you're no. a crazy person, Go dial back. Go for it. <laughs> dial back. <laughs> so, um... I love colloidal silver. You can get it at most health food stores. Mm. Um, there are some better brands than others. Um, but uh, it's such good stuff. And I always recommend it, um, not necessarily taking it every day, but take it if people around you are sick or you're going to fly yeah. or travel yeah. or um, you start to feel something <coughs> come on. I think it's a really great thing to like get your immune, immune system boosted. And um, it typically comes in a liquid that's clear it has a slight metallic taste, but it really just tastes like yeah. water. Right, Lauren? You just took it the other day. Mm-hmm. Lauren and uh, Stephen are, are uh, I was going to say AV specialists, but we don't have visuals. There are, baby, there are babysitters. Yeah. <laughs> they keep us from causing too much of a mess around her, yeah. Because <laughs> we are not tech savvy. Um, so we're turning everybody on to colloidal silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a, which does make it, again, easy for mm-hmm. kids to take. Exactly, because it doesn't yeah. have much of a taste. You can actually yeah. put it in their water and they can just yeah. drink it. Yeah. Most of the labels on the bottles will say to put a, a whole dropper, half a dropper under your tongue and hold it there mm-hmm. and let it absorb because under your tongue has the fastest absorption. Yeah. You know, it's complicated anyway. for a nine-month-old. Yeah, nine-month-olds can't really do that. So yeah. you can just pop a few drops in their mouth yep. and let them, let them figure it out. Yep. Um, so that is a very uh, fun go-to for me. Um, grapefruit seed extract is another one that I'm obsessed with. So grapefruit seed extract, you can get it, again, any any um, health food store. Mm-hmm. And the one I get, it comes in a little white bottle with a red cap. It says GSE on it. And it's kind of a like a gelatinous kind of liquid, like a thick, viscous liquid. Um what I do is I put a couple drops into an ounce of water, I gargle it, and I spit it out because I don't like the taste. I hate grapefruit, but the stuff works. Does it, it taste like grapefruit? It tastes like grapefruit. Okay. It's very bitter, Yeah. Um, so I don't like it. Uh, but you can also put a couple drops in water and just drink it okay. and just ingest it. I, I find this really, really helpful for coughs and like that mucusy, like mm-hmm. those raspy coughs, you know, where there's a lot of phlegm. Um, so it's really good for kids. You can just put a drop in their water. They most likely won't taste it if you just mm-hmm. do one drop. Um, and then they just drink it and it'll help clear that stuff up a lot. So it's a, it's a really good, um, an- natural antiviral, antibiotic. Um, you'd probably so bury it in a smoothie though. You could definitely yeah. bury it in a smoothie. Yeah. Um, but because it is antiviral, antibiotic, you don't want to take it every day. Yeah, right, right. You don't right, want to mess right. up too yep. much of your, your gut biome. But when you need it. But when you need it, it is good stuff yeah so i love that one um and then elderberry is all the rage these it days. is all the rage <laughs> <laughs> it is all the rage and there's a lot of yeah. research on elderberry showing yeah. that it's uh, uh that it 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 also is good for helping you fight off colds and flus mm-hmm. uh fight off viruses very effective and mm-hmm. most people take the elderberry as a syrup Right. Which you can, I mean, you can go to YouTube and uh, how to make elderberry syrup yeah. and you'll find, yeah. you know, Lots how to make your own syrup. And I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that yeah. you can go out and buy it too. 
Yeah, you can definitely no buy problem. it. There are a lot of like lozenges now that oh, are yeah. in elderberry flavor yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I've made it myself. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, you can just buy the berries. You can get some good organic berries from like Frontier, I think. Yeah. There's all kinds of companies. That sell yeah. It. Mountain tons of them Mountain out West there. Herbs yeah. is another one. They'll sell it. Yeah. We're in San Diego. We're lucky enough. There's a, a place here uh, uh, in Harmony Herbs mm-hmm. that has really good quality. Yeah. The elderberry is more of a like what I would call a Western herb versus mm-hmm. a like the Chinese right. herbs, but they they're a great store to go get that from. So yeah. they usually have it on hand, especially mm-hmm. in cold and flu season. Yeah. Um, caution about elderberry: most people make the syrup, or most uh, recipes call for honey. Mm. So you don't want to give honey under twelve months. Uh, so be cautious about that but if you make your own you can just make it without honey yeah some people do it with like maple syrup instead um but uh it can be good stuff confession i don't like the taste of (laughs) (laughs) hey we all can't like everything unpopular opinion yeah that's okay um there's other options out there yes you know these are um these are things that i I mean i i I know that there are families out there you Mm -hmm. know uh like who are in my practice and the kids love the elderberry syrup. So, you know, and that's always kind of a struggle is trying to get the kids to to get something down. Yeah. It Um, is pretty good. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just, it's not my favorite. In Chinese medicine, like like we have a bunch of formulas that especially work really well. Like if like right at the early phase, like, you know, when you know this, like, ah, something's coming on or I'm starting to fight something, you know, we have a lot of like great formulas, but they, they so often are like in a pill form that you're not going to get your three year old to, you know, take three, four pills, you know, and take that down. And even if I took those pills and smashed them down, they are going to taste so bitter. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and yuck that I'll never get a kid to take them. Yeah. You know, so what, what I can recommend for, uh, uh, an adult is not always what I can recommend for a kid, right. you know, in that. So when you find, you know, something that you can do that the kids will take, go for it. Yeah. You know, use it. Yeah, exactly. I have a, a friend patient who, her dad's chiropractor, and um, he lives on the East Coast, so she sees me here. Um, but her kiddo, like, they're super into supplements and, and um, you know, really, he, he really knows his stuff. And, of course, she does, too, because uh, she's... his daughter um but her kids will take supplements and like just pop them in their mouth and chew them up and eat them yeah some kids are hardcore (laughs) you know they don't like the taste yeah like more power to you guys in uh in in chinese medicine it is like you know i i've been told by like my professors like they start the kids very young taking yeah. these Chinese herbs that are yeah. bitter. That like I I have adults who are like I will never put that in my mouth ever again. You know who will tell me that? And but like little kids there, like just just know there's sort of a, even a saying that the more bitter it is, the better yeah. it is for you kind yeah. of thing. You know so so if you know when you introduce it early, my my mentor Alex DeBerry used to talk about like when he was like. When he, he had his kids, he would almost, like, hold them down and, like, squirt it in the mouth. He's like, half they got spit out, but something got in. It was good. It was good enough, you know, like, going oh, for gosh. it. So, so yeah. uh, you know, there are some kids out there who are fine with that. Right. So, like, Fox, uh, my youngest, is, like, one of them. You know, we would, we would, we would give her, uh, especially some of the Western stuff, like Lemon Balm is one that, that we'll use with her. And, uh, and we, we get this brand that's like a kid brand. So it's in like the, 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 the glycerin. So it's a, a sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would take that. But then we were out of it one time and, and we, we gave her just the, the regular, you know, hardcore yeah. tincture, which is like a 
tastes like a shot of brandy or something, you know? And she was like, mm, burns. Okay. But she was like, she was fine. She was like totally good with it. Like I had no problem, you know? I mean, she sort of felt the burn, but it wasn't like something that she was like, ah, get it out of my mouth or anything like that. Yeah. Like she was done. And some some kids will do those kinds of things yeah. and they'll take them, you know? And you're yeah. good. But some kids definitely are not going to do those. Right. Things, so. We need to take a pause. Yeah. And talk about your kids' names. <laughs> because they have the coolest names. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 we didn't go for names that we were ever going to find on a hat at Disneyland. Uh, you <laughs> no keychains. Yeah, my World. poor kids, there were no, there were no keychains. Um, uh. my, my, my oldest daughter's name is Litha, which is like, a, like an old world name for the summer solstice. And that was the day she so was born. Cool. And then my son is Thunder. And I have two more daughters, Sparrow and Fox. So uh, we, you know, and some of them were sort of, like Fox was kind of a group name. The whole family sort of named her. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And she, we, they, everybody was determined to give her the middle initial E so that she would be Fox E. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so her middle, her middle initial, her middle initial is Ember. E -M, oh, right? yes. Yeah, so she's that's fo Fox, Fox E Kime. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she is. That was my kids. That was my older she's, kids. They were like determined. Rad. They were like, we're gonna find a way. Yes. You know, to get her there. <laughs> That's so amazing. They did a good job. But yeah. Uh, what are their middle names? Um. Yeah. Uh. So so it's Litha Sky, Thunder Tau, uh, Sparrow Laveau, and uh, and Fox Ember. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're so beautiful. Yeah. We kids we, are we do the crazy gorgeous. names. There's no Roberts. <laughs> No, no, but we, you know, I, yeah. I, th I think when, when I first had kids, uh, you know, my, my, my wife was more the, the push in that direction. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I definitely, I definitely went with it. But I think yeah. at the start, I was like, mm, maybe like a family name someplace. And she was like, <laughs> right. no, nope, we're not doing that. We're not, you know, if we do it for one side, then you got to do it for the right. other side. And then, you, you know, it's like yes. a back and forth kind of thing. So it's like, just, That's we're just so doing true. our own thing. And so it was good. That's so, it's so funny. Oh pause for sirens that's yeah. so funny i am so like your wife like i would have named my kids names like that yeah. like i when we had our first i really wanted to name we didn't know what we were having boy or yeah. girl yeah. but i wanted the name ocean yeah oh yeah i was like oh it'd be so good yeah. but dean put the smack down on it <laughs> and said no which is so funny because shout out my friend katie harridge i met her our kids were like seven weeks old we met at a workout class and you go around, say the name and age your kid. Uh -huh. And she had a seven-week-old named Ocean. Uh -huh. And I was like, what? What? She's got the name I wanted. Uh -huh. And we became like kindred spirits after that and soul sisters. But um, so funny because that's, you know, I wanted to go with those crazy names. And we ended up going with like yeah. family names and traditional stuff. Yeah. But you, it's fine. You gotta I'm not you, bitter. You got you to find that agreement <laughs> in that situation, you know. Yeah. 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 So it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> back, back to colds and back flus. Back to colds and flus. So um, are there any herbs you want to, specific herbs for No. Kids? You know, okay. like I said, so much of Chinese it's medicine is such bitterness. You know, yeah. I, I I when it comes to the kids stuff, then I, I like to use that blue poppy set mm -hmm. more than anything else with the kids. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got stuff in there that's for, for colds, for flus, for teething, for mm -hmm. tummy aches, for colic. Yeah. Uh, for bedwetting, for, yeah. you know, so there's a lot of those, it, 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 they really work well with all the sort of typical kid type stuff. Like, yeah. Okay, you know, cool. the, the only thing that I, that, that I will say is that Chinese, Chinese medicine sort of has this, 
view that uh, that colds and flus come in from the outside of the body, like almost mm-hmm. through the, through the skin. Yeah, you know, so um, <clears throat> they they make this distinction between cold working its way into the body and and heat working its way into the body, and so a, a difference between that is if you if you have the type of cold where it's um, like clear runny mucus that just won't stop and it just goes and goes and goes and oftentimes it's got sort of a tight neck and shoulders to it and Mm -hmm. you don't like to be in a breeze or around cold that is what they call an external invasion of cold Mm -hmm. and then an external invasion of heat um well let me back up and that tends they feel tends to come in through the neck and the shoulders so like any acupuncturist worth their weight will walk around with a scarf like when it gets cool (laughs) out you know so 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 the one thing i will say like on the prevention end is dressing appropriately yeah because chinese medicine really focuses on the fact that that human beings are sort of like just one cog in the entire environment and so you need to create some Mm -hmm. balance with your environment so Mm. if it's you know here in southern california we're always so used to it being like warm and nice so it's just you know like it'll be like breezing cold in 60s and you got like little kids running around flip-flops and shorts you know and a t-shirt outside and you're like and then i want to be like and then you're wondering why Right. You know, like your little one's got this runny, oh, runny, runny nose, nose like that, or, or folks will bring their kiddos to me in that situation. And I'm just like, it's like, I'm cold, right. you know, I'm a grown man with, you know, plenty of extra body weight on me to keep me warm right. and I'm freezing. They're like, but the kid, they won't wear anything warmer. Right. And I'm like, and, and that's, that's a fight and that's, it's a valid answer and I get it, but you got to find a way to sort of keep them bundled up. So yeah. That's the cold comes in through the neck and the shoulders, keeping them bundled up, especially around the neck. And then and then heat can come in through the outside, which tends to come in through the mouth and the nose. And that's the type of cold where like you go to blow your nose and it, it's almost like the mucus is almost like boiled down, yellow, mm, yes. sticky. Thick. It burns coming out of the nose. The <laughs> the, the the your throat's on fire. Yeah. Right? So so in that that's that's what they call an external invasion of heat. Mm-hmm. And so really trying to keep your environment cool, more cool, mm-hmm. keeping it more moist. You know, here in Southern California, we get these Santa Ana winds where the wind yeah. comes off of the comes off of the deserts and carries all this dry, hot, uh, hot air into our area. And that, like, you just see these, these, like, oh, heat, brutal. you know, the, the, like, the hot cold yeah. uh, really goes crazy in those yeah. kinds of situations for us yeah. um, here in this area. So when things come in through the outside, we like to push them back out through mm-hmm. the outside. Mm-hmm. So in traditional cultures, you know, around the world, you see a lot of cultures that'll have people go sweat, right? Like in Finland, saunas yeah, are big. You yeah. start to get sick, you go sweat. Yep. And part of that is you can push out that stuff. Yeah. Native American cultures might do, uh, um, you know, like a sweat lodger and an yep. EP. And so they'll go in and they can sweat all that gunk, like right out of their system, you know, and push mm-hmm. it back out. But in, in Chinese medicine, in a lot of cultures, especially along the... Um, more closer to the equator, the way that they get the the, the body to sweat is through um, like spicy herbs, mm-hmm. you know. And so I oftentimes will make it. And again, sometimes this is harder with kids, but some kid I meet a lot of kids who are like good with spicy food, you know, even yeah. at like four and five years old. Yeah. Um, but Especially you want if you ate spicy burritos your entire yes, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hello, San Diego. Um, that that. 
that if you can get the the kind you just want the kind of spice that like when you eat it you get just that little bit of sweat along yeah. your forehead and that is really all you need and that helps to push the gunk back out of the system so that's that's sort of like a a little home food remedy that Mm -hmm. anybody adult down to kid can have if you can handle just a little bit of kick like thai food's my go-to you know but there's plenty of spice that's out there and all kinds of different uh uh, food choices so just get a little bit of a kick get a little bit of a sweat you push that back out i love it yeah that's great um okay so i want to talk a little bit about sleep because I think sleep is super important, um, which it's kind of a joke talking about <laughs> sleep and, and parenting because it's like, what is that? What is what's, that? What's yeah, sleep? exactly. <laughs> I, haven't, um, I haven't done that in 20 years. <laughs> uh, but I was reading an article a while back and it was talking about, maybe you said this actually, I don't know, but it was talking about every hour of sleep before midnight is worth more sleep than after midnight. So if you can, as an you know an adult, I hope most kids are going to bed before midnight most nights. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, if you can get yourself to sleep before midnight, you're probably going to have better quality sleep. Interesting. So I thought that was very interesting. interesting. So I tend to be I love to stay up super late, um, but then I get woken up really early. Very so early. it's not yeah. smart. I see. I see a lot of parents who. Um, like the nighttime is their time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, ki- the kids finally go to sleep at, you know, like eight, nine, kids. that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, like, like mom or dad, like just like all of a sudden there's like a fire under them because they're like, oh my, you know, like I, I got so much time to do anything I want. And they're like, <laughs> I could watch that show and no one's going right. to tell me they're hungry. And it's like, so all of a sudden, you know, like even when people are tired and then, and then they, they like can't sleep. So it's really common yeah. with parents to sort of have that yeah. difficulty. So yeah. yeah, it does take some, does take some training. It does. It does kind of have to force stuff. my husband is really good about that he will put himself to bed at 11 o'clock every night and i'm like it, but but there's still more show but we can watch <laughs> one more episode he's like no i'm going fine <laughs> he's a he's a poor binge watcher <laughs> exactly gosh um okay so uh let's see we talked about um Chiropractic and acupuncture on kiddos, which is always great for boosting the immune system and supporting their bodies and homeopathy and how Tylenol is given out so much. So that, that kind of concludes all my notes. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah? that's that's a good start. Great. You know, if anybody's got uh, suggestions, let us know. Let us uh, know. Go on to Instagram, tag We Love Acupuncture, yeah. tag Cafe Life. Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear. Yes. That's if we missed right. anything. Cool. We can always do round two, version two of exactly. these topics. Exactly. Yeah. 2.0. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We will be back with another episode very soon. Bye. See ya. Disclaimer time. The opinions in this podcast are just that. Opinions. They are not meant as medical advice. Our opinions are based on the anecdotal evidence and self-reporting from our patients over our many years in practice and thousands of treatments given. The other part of our opinions stem from the way that we take care of our own children, those closest to us, and of course ourselves. But please keep in mind that we probably skew crunchier than most. But as in all healthcare-related matters, we recommend you work directly with your personal medical professional for your healthcare needs because they are the healthcare providers who know you best.